Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show, talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Uh, maybe you heard me yesterday morning. I was on the LPT Radio All-Stars uh, radio show yesterday talking about the market as well. Um, but today, we're going to put a little different spin on it. I've got Robert Johnson from uh, my real estate team, the president of my real estate team uh, at the Duncan Duo. And we're going to talk all things real estate. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat. He said not to put out anymore, but I just did. Uh, TikTok, Facebook, at the Duncan Duo. And if you're thinking about selling your home or want an instant cash offer, DuncanDuo.com. So I want to talk about the luxury market. We've recently um, we sold a 6.8 million. We listed a 2.1 million uh, Bayshore condo. We've got a, a 2.3 million and a 4 million pending. The luxury market. Uh, interestingly enough, the, even despite interest rates being being higher, seems to be still chugging along very healthy. You know, not nearly as as many obstacles in the luxury market because it's a lot more cash transactions than there are in the market where people are getting financing with high interest rates. Yeah, I noticed um, that market seems to be. You know, every time I turn around, I've you know even earlier this week we. Uh, you know, uh, one of our agents brought in a million dollar plus, and that's been kind of much more normal than it yeah. used to be. We're seeing that a lot, where yeah. that market is still moving along, chugging along. I mean, it's going. And then, you know, we talk to people that have homes in the more normal three fifty, four hundred thousand dollar price range, and there's a lot of resistance, a there lot of hesitation, yeah. whether or not they want to sell, whether they want to buy. And, and again, you know, I'm not here to get into the macro, microeconomics of what's happened with the economy and wealth building and all that. But the reality is, is that the higher end market isn't as impacted, and there continues to be more and more wealth moving to Florida. People avoiding state income tax, people uh, moving out of other areas of the country that are more expensive, and even though our our um, housing values have risen dramatically, we're still affordable compared to some of these markets out west and up north. And that's an attractive thing for people that learn during COVID that they can operate their business from anywhere or that are looking to retire and and park their wealth in Florida real estate. Yeah. And a lot of people are wanting to move here and become residents because of those tax reasons. You know, when you're looking at some of these other states that have a five, six, seven percent state income tax and you can be a resident of Florida for zero, right. plus have cheaper cost of living, plus yeah. have cheaper home. I mean, it's really a no-brainer, especially yeah. if you know you can keep your your place in another state and just go there every now and then. Yeah. So, so for us, I think uh, you know our luxury business is booming again. We're seeing more luxury traffic on our listings. We're seeing more buyers and sellers on the high end that we've seen in a while. And I'll tell you why I think that is. Um, and 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 I've talked about this on the show before, but at our company, um, you know, with as large of a company as we have, we have agents that specialize and work that market. They they're agents that have qualified, done enough transactions, been with us long enough, gotten certain designations, gone through extra training. Whereas you know somebody that's looking to you know buy or sell a you know two three five ten million dollar property at our company isn't getting the rookie. You know, the, we have rookies in training and they're coached and they have someone that's overseeing everything they do, but that person is getting a higher end agent, a longer tenured agent. Sometimes you and I are communicating, working with that client as well. And I think that um, that's the difference because there have been so many people get into the industry the last few years um, that, that aren't super experienced with how to navigate through a challenging market. And we're starting to see some of those luxury sellers raising their hand and calling us when they failed the sell with someone else because that person didn't pivot 
with what's going on with the market and give them the right advice about their property. Uh, or, or I mean, I'm seeing it still today. Horrible photos and videos on high-end homes. Mm-hmm. Like how? No wonder they're not selling. But those sellers are starting to feel that where you know they're working with an agent that maybe got it in the last couple of years, and that playbook for that agent to get that property sold was a certain way a year or two ago, and now that agent doesn't have the experience like we do, having been through markets where they've shifted to pivot, and now they're struggling getting their home sold. Yeah, I think where a lot of the old school high-end agents really have where that market has really changed for them is really I think they base a lot of their marketing on just plain networking. Correct. And the problem I mean it's not necessarily a problem but the difference in our area is there's so many people coming from out of the Correct. area that that old school networking does not yeah. work. Yeah, so for example if if you um you know are listed with somebody and you're not getting the results that, that you've wanted, the reason may be because their tactic, especially if they're somebody that has been uh, you know, a, a heavy player in the luxury market for a long time, their tactic would be, I'm going to go to the Tampa Club, right. I'm going to go over to Palmacia, and I'm going to tell people about this property I have, and and that was that, that was effective, and, and it worked. And when the market was hot, it was, you know, you could even do more off market type stuff like that and, and put deals together. Um, but now that it's a little bit more challenging, you need a, a bigger marketing reach to to be able to, um, you know, recently some of our higher end sales were people that are not Florida residents or people live outside the area buying and live outside the area selling. And our marketing reach to attract those people with all the things that we've done with the brand that we've built, with the money we spend online, with this radio show. Um, you know, I, I saw the other day that like there are people in, you know, a ton of different states that listen to this radio show. We had somebody message us through our Facebook page um, in another state saying, hey, I listen to Andrew's radio show every Sunday. The the MP3 isn't loaded right. yet. You <laughs> know, like <laughs> so so there are people out there that are listening that aren't just local, you know, because we've done it for so long. So so the key is you need somebody that has that experience, but also a bigger marketing reach when the market has has shifted. So. Um, so that's one of the reasons I think our luxury our luxury business is doing better because we do have specifically trained agents that that have done luxury transactions that have gotten extra training that have gotten designations that have done luxury deals that have worked with athletes that have worked with celebrities whereas at other companies sometimes you know you're going through a referral from a friend of a friend and they've never even sold a seven figure house before mm-hmm. and now you're working with them and the reason you're not succeeding is because they don't have that experience it's no different than than you know, I look at I always make comparisons to professional sports all the time. Um, if you've got a really good, you know, double A minor league baseball player, um, you know, and it's the World Series for the Yankees, you're probably not calling them up to bat cleanup. You know, you're they they have to earn their spot, right? And and I think a lot of there are agents out there that have gotten business on the luxury side that just don't know what to do with it. They don't they don't understand how to navigate it. And and we've seen an increase in our business from those people that are frustrated that aren't getting their home sold. Well, and the difference is that, you know, this is a special type of marketing, but it's also a special type of service to Mm -hmm. these clients. It's a totally different way of looking at how you're going to market these properties. And, you know, Lori, for example, she's our high-end agent in, in the Sarasota area. I mean, 
for somebody to work with the clients that she's worked with, they wouldn't be able to do it. The service that she provides is just above. It's and a beyond. concierge level. Yes, it's correct. the difference between you know just taking someone out and showing them homes and really treating the client like a concierge level. It's look, people that are buying that kind of real estate, they don't have the time. They're flying all over correct. the country. They're they're doing all these things. So as an agent, we're going over there and doing things for them. We're opening the the door for the contractor for the decorator. We're helping them plan and coordinate things. We're helping them get prices. Um, we're going above and beyond, you know, the scope of of truly becoming a concierge for them. And I think if again, if you're not getting that from your agent, that's really the the purpose of working with an agent, so they can help you, give you that advice, give you that service, help help make the process as smooth as possible for you. And as far as marketing goes, you know, some of the listings that we've had. Yeah, of course, a lot of high-end agents do very nice photos, and it looks nice, and maybe they'll do a nice you know, magazine flyer for you. But the, the difference is that, yes, we're going to do beautiful marketing, but how, how we're able to actually get it in front of other people in other yeah. areas and really drive the views back to our listings is really where you're going to see that needle move and get that property to move, especially when you talk about so many people from out of state yeah. looking at our and properties. And I also think the system, what, what people don't understand is how often things go wrong or phone calls get missed when they're working with an individual agent that doesn't have admin support or a team behind them. Because when those calls get missed instead of answered live, those are opportunities where a high net worth person doesn't want to leave a voicemail. They're offended that someone didn't answer their phone, and now they're calling someone else. And in reality, if they're the listing agent and they're calling the listing agent's company, that that's who has the most information about the house. And and unfortunately, it's not always the case where that phone call gets answered, but but you know, they're not making that phone call and saying, Hey, hey, by the way, I missed three calls about your listing last week. I've been so busy. Right. You know, the the goal is is to is to have those opportunities handled live. And that's something that we do with all of the prospective buyers that that lead into it um and and reach out. And I think again, that's a place where opportunities are missed. Yeah. And I mean it's something that goes back to something that's so simple. Is I mean, if that's how they're an agent, many times is handling giving information about your listing to somebody who's interested. Imagine that there's another agent reaching out wanting to schedule just something as simple as a showing. Right. I mean, somebody that's actually raising their hand saying, I'm interested in the property. And is that agent even able to communicate that with them? And we see yeah. that so often. I know that sounds so simple and so, oh, I can't believe people do that. No, they do that. And yeah. they do it often. And you and you have to set up a path to be able to see the property as easily and as conveniently as you can. I want to talk about listing agent a company. Okay. Now, oh, now again, we're going to talk about this after the break because we don't have enough time. But listing agent a company is basically like when the listing agent has to be present for every showing. And there's pros to it and there's cons to it. Um, and I want to talk about those. But what we find sometimes is if you have to call and speak to the agent to see the property, let's just say that that you, instead of, you know, look, people want click button magic happen. Okay. A buyer wants to be able to click a button and schedule an appointment, which again, our system provides that. I think a lot of agents do. However, some agents hold everything close to the chest and make you call them to confirm this appointment. What happens if that agent is showing that client six houses and they call and they set the other five, you're the sixth one, they call, they get your voicemail, you're busy, you don't call them back for an hour, they forget, you just lost out on an opportunity because you didn't you made the process for them setting the appointment to see your house too hard. Absolutely. And, I have and, I have a specific story about this actually. And 
It, it's a little long for before the yeah, break, so, but so I, let's have, talk I have a about good that story. After break. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to talk more about if you're selling a luxury home. You, again, there are pros and cons of whether your agent should accompany the listing, um, and I want to talk about that because again, it's no different than you know making someone go to the store to buy something versus clicking a button on Best Buy or Amazon to buy it. The consumer's preference, the buyer's preference. We know this. We know what the buyer's preference is, and are you missing out on opportunities because your agent is forcing the company, realistically, and a lot of times because the agent wants to try and double-side the deal, um, or because the agent wants to control things, and when you try and control too much, you're, you, are, you are definitely losing opposition. Uh, you're not losing opposition, but you're creating opposition for the sale. You're not making it as smooth. So we're going to talk more about listing agent, a company, and stories about how hard you make it to sell a property and see a house and why that's causing your luxury home to sale after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. We spent our first segment of the, of the show talking really luxury real estate. Next, we're going to transition to kind of the impediment that a lot of agents make for seeing a house in terms of how realistically it should be like on an app, point and click, and have a real easy path to showing because you miss activity, you miss showings, you miss appointments, you miss what could be your home run buyer by putting too much in place you know, to prevent the buyer from seeing there are too many qualifying steps. And look, no one wants to show your property to someone that isn't qualified. However, um, by being too stringent, on the process, it's no different than trying to check out on an app from a company where they make you type in your credit card every time versus saving it. The easier you make it for the consumer, the more likely, no matter how much your, how high your priced home is, the easier you're making it convenient for that person because that person, you have to think like that person. If you were going out to look at houses, would you want to jump through a bunch of hoops? And you wouldn't. Well, and it's it's not just that, but it's that if there was another agent there accompanying you and it was the listing agent and you were with your buyer agent, are you really going to bring up certain things you like or dislike about the house? Are you, are you feel really comfortable? Go- right. You're not going to feel comfortable. No, you're not. You're going to you're gonna rush through the house. Yes, you're not going to spend correct. as much time. You're not going to leisurely. So you're, you're going to feel like you're on someone else's clock. You're going to nod your head and yep. you're never going to be able to talk about certain things. And also your agent, like your buyer agent knows what you like. They know what maybe you could change about the house. They know what's going to draw you to that agent is not going to be able to talk to you about that thing, those things in front of another agent. I had a listing in Tierra Verde. It was a million dollar listing. And this was probably in 2015, 2016, which that would be a very expensive listing. It's probably four or five million. Yes. It was on the water. Yep. And it was listed with a very prominent high end agent for six months and it did not sell. These people were just beside themselves. The house needed a little work, but nothing major. Okay. They listed with us. I attempted to convince them it wasn't even a price issue. It was not, surprisingly. But what was happening is the agent guaranteed could not fit them all these listing agent accompany things into her schedule. Right. And she was not able to accommodate a lot of these agents that wanted to show the property. And especially with a high-end client that's coming to town just for a weekend. And she also had a lot of other high-end properties. So this was not high on her list. Okay, We took it over. I attempted to let them take off listing agent and company, and they were very resistant. And I said, okay, let's just try it the same way. For a month, it sat there, and they said, okay, we want to do it. Let's take it off. Within one week, we had multiple offers on the property, and we had we had three showings. All three of them were over two hours each because the agent was there. The agent was going with through their clients. The agent was working with their clients. And two of those three sent us 
almost full price offers. And here's here's why. Because, again, like you said, the, there's also an emotional attachment Correct. that happens. When you're walking into a home, you want to fall in love. When you're taking your spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend on their first date, were their parents walking around following you everywhere? No, you didn't want them to. And that's what it feels like. Okay. Correct. The reality is, is that it's an old school tactic that agents have used forever that probably understandably the seller felt like that person was there to protect their property. Now with cameras everywhere and with security, if you have a high-end home, you've got cameras, you've got a protection in place. That person feels like you're being followed around by your mom or dad on a date when you're trying to fall in love and you can't really fall in love with the house if mom or dad are leg humping you around well, every not, single corner. not just that, but that agent, your agent, is not going to sell your home by showing the buyer agent and the buyer your slow-closed kitchen doors. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's not going and, to. And also, the other side of it is that first showing is not about facts. No. It's about emotion. Correct. It is about falling in love and you don't fall in love with the resume of the house. The agents that do a company, again, it's a really old school tactic that I think developed, again, to protect the seller's property. Um, you know, but the reality is, is with lockbox, you know, tracking with security systems, with cameras today, it's just not as it's not as necessary no. as it was back then to have somebody and, following you around and make sure that they don't pocket your and here you know your your art on the wall or whatever. And the thing is, here's the thing: part of our consultation with you when we come out and we meet with you about listing your luxury home is going through all those different tactics and yeah. going through what how you need to prepare for that. And that's not to say we'll never do listing agent company, but I guarantee you, and I really feel this. It will hinder your home. Sale. It will hinder your home sale because you're 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 having to manage even additional scheduling things. And a lot of times, these high end buyers are coming into town for a weekend. And let's just say your agent's busy that weekend or out of town. They have somebody covering for them. And let's just be real. Whenever you have somebody covering for you, they're not doing the job that you're doing. So they're going to miss opportunities. They're going to miss that and then say, "Oh, well, let me just send you the photos and video." Nobody in that price range is is falling in love that way. They want to see and experience the lifestyle and the luxury of the home. And as much as we love to do photos and videos and they help there's nothing that's going to replace the in-person showing it's it's why the iBuyer market and the instant buyer stuff and all of that that stuff is never going to gravitate into the luxury market because it's an experience and emotion and a lifestyle not specifically just about data and photos so anyway that again like robert said there are circumstances where it might make sense but usually will we do it yes but but it's against our advice because usually um, it's going to hinder and prohibit showings. It's an extra layer to make someone jump through hoops, and then they're going to be offended that they have to jump through these hoops, and then they're going to go buy another house. So if your home isn't selling and that's a tactic that's being used, uh, discuss it with your agent. Certainly give them the opportunity to rectify it. But um, you know if it ends up expiring or going off the market, we'd love the opportunity to talk to you. You can hit us up at DuncanDuo.com. Again, that is DuncanDuo.com if you're thinking about selling your luxury property. And we'll be back continuing this conversation after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. We're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Follow us on all of our socials at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, always putting out good real estate content. We spent the first two segments of our show talking about luxury real estate and what, reasons why your luxury home might not be selling, how we can help, and how our luxury business has really been blowing up recently. I mean, we're doing a lot more luxury transactions. I think, again, it goes back to um, cream rising to the top, and as the market has shifted, people looking for the best agents in the market versus um, you know newer agents or or, or agents that are um, not as experienced in that space. So, anyway, I wanted to talk next about Halloween. It is that time of year where we're always talking about you know spooky houses. 
And we're almost to the holidays. I, I was I was talking uh, before the break about how the company that hangs my Christmas lights is coming out on November 5th to hang them, which is super early. Very early. Very, very early. Um, but they, they have to do it November 5th or I don't get it done. And I don't have to turn them on until you know a little closer to the- You're going to gonna you know, turn them on. I probably will. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm like Clark Griswold. <laughs> but I don't want to fall off the house like Clark Griswold, so I have to have somebody else do it. I have a three-story house, and if I'm hanging it on the top of the roof, it's curtains for yeah, me. Right. It'll be the Dunkin' Dead team if that happens. So uh, we don't want to become the Dunkin' Dead team. Anyway, uh, spooky houses. Robert, through the years- We've had some we've had some experiences where we have felt and we have heard from clients that we might have a haunted house. We might have a house that has weird things going on. I have never heard that, but I have heard well, I have never experienced that, but I have heard other agents on our team talk about it. Yes, that. we have had that happen. I have personally dealt with it. I lived in a home, I lived in a townhome that I believed was haunted. In fact, on one occasion, we called the police thinking someone was in our house. We were so convinced uh, that someone was in the house and there was not a soul in sight. This is before cameras and all this, but there was noise going on that we believe was something. Called the police, thought someone was in the house. Please come out. No one's in the house. Um, you know, but there were numerous instances in that home where we would wake up and see things. And our daughter even was scared to go into certain parts of the house at night because she said she saw shadows and they it was, upset it was somebody built townhomes on that. I site. know it was probably, <laughs> you know, maybe it was an old cemetery or something who knows, but regardless, the one story that sticks out in my mind about haunted houses, um, was a house that we had on Willow that ended up burning down. Um, It burned down a few years after we sold it, um, but it was a foreclosure by a local credit union, and we were listing it for them. And it was every person that went in that home, including Daniel, who still works works for us today. Daniel said that place was definitely haunted. Doors were slamming. I heard people upstairs, and I walked around. There was no one there. He goes, it was really creepy. And interestingly enough, a couple years after that, the the place burns down. It's like, uh, somebody figured it out. That you know, but but we're not required to disclose that. Um, you know, that is not considered no, a Flor- material defect in Florida. Yeah. I know that some other states are different, but in Florida, we don't have to disclose. Yeah, that. The only thing that we disclose in Florida are what's considered material defects. So things like did someone die in the home uh, isn't something that has to be disclosed. And and the other reason why you don't have to disclose uh, in Florida about a house being haunted is because you can't really prove it. You you actually can't even prove that that exists. There are plenty of people that do not even believe uh, in things that can actually be haunted. So if, if it isn't even proven fact that something can be haunted, then it, again, it can't be something that's a proven fact. But there are a lot of other weird curveball things that are not required to be disclosed. And and so the 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 haunted house is one. Uh, people are always concerned about if someone had passed away in the home. Um, you know, if someone had been sick in the home, all, all these types of things are not things. What are some other? There's some other weird ones that that people will ask. Like, has this ever happened in well, the house? Well, murder. I mean, murder. Y- yeah. Which, yeah. Again, you know, same thing. We don't have to tell. It but also, a- most of the time, we don't even know that because no one has passed on that information. Correct. You know, because they yeah. don't have to. The only way that you can find that out is att- attempting to Google the address and seeing if there's ever been a news article that that relates to it. But um, well, there are other states that it's funny because there are other states that you do have to disclose that because their laws um, are anything that can you know negatively impact the value of the property. Right. Uh, and, and it's arguable whether that right, would or wouldn't, right. but in those states you do. Correct. In Florida, in Florida, we 
uh, we do not. What we what our disclosures are stipulated on or a property disclosure statement that has to be filled out uh, that can be declined if the seller didn't occupy the property, um, but also if something is a material fact that that causes a defect, a material defect in the property. Um, you know, is something that that is going to be disclosed. But I want to continue the conversation about disclosures because this is something that I think is a hot button item. Um, you know, and and I'm just of the opinion that if you're a buyer buying real estate, you have to understand that sellers may not always tell everything that's that's gone on with the house. They may not also remember or they may not know. It's why we always caution people to do home inspections. Even in a competitive market where there's bidding wars and things going on, we recommend a home inspection because you cannot simply rely on what the seller's disclosure is. There may have been something going on that they don't know about or they may have failed to disclose. There there are plenty of situations where you know it's found out after the fact that the seller didn't disclose mm-hmm. something. As agents, we don't do an inspection on the property. You know, we walk around and if we see something, obviously, if we see something glaring, you know, but we're not going up in the attic or inspecting the foundation or, um, you know, finding out if there's a termite sticker. You know, right. we're we're providing forms to the seller. The seller fills those out. So there are a lot of instances where there might be issues with the property that the agent is never going to know about. It's truly reliant upon the seller being an honest and ethical person. And let's face it, some aren't. You know, some simply aren't um, honest, ethical people. They right. choose to not. Most are, but there are some that choose not to say something. Oh, I'm not going to say anything about that. You know, and and then you run into that whole scenario of the seller decided not to put something on a form. Um, and and in our instance, we don't even want to be present when the seller fills that form out. We like them to fill it out on their own. We want them to send it to us after the fact, simply because it allows them to not have to ask us. Hey, should I say this? You should say everything. Right. You should disclose everything that you know about the house. Every fact that you know, everything that you can confirm as fact, disclose it. Right. Yeah. And you don't want them to say, oh, well, how should I answer this? Well, this happened. What do you think I should say? I'm like, uh, listen. Just fill it out. Right. You have In to your fill own it words, out. fill right. it out. You know, disclose what you know or what you don't know. You know, there are times where it's like, you know, oh, well, here's this 1978 lead-based paint form. I know the house was built. It's probably got lead-based paint. It's asking you what you know. Do right. you know or do you not know? And that that's pretty much the answer to those questions. So, again, you you want, um, a, as a buyer, you, you want to take that on its surface as, as accurate, but you want to ver- trust but verify. Mm-hmm. You know, trust but verify is really the point of it. So, so again, with disclosure statements, uh, there can be a lot of gray air. It's why you get a home inspection. And, look, if your home inspection finds out that there's something in the house that the seller didn't disclose, that doesn't mean that the seller was lying. The seller may simply have not known that that was going on. Well, especially if they're not the first owner of the house. Correct. I mean, you know, they're also not going up into the attic all the time. They're not, you know, looking at the foundation all the time. They're right. not doing a lot of stuff. Really, when you live somewhere, you may or may not be the type that's super familiar with everything that's going on with the place, especially right. if you haven't lived there for a very long time. And I think the other thing is, is you'll find situations where um, the seller will say, oh, new roof was in 15. And then the inspection does it and confirms the permit was in 13. You know what? It was nine years ago, 11 years ago, however many years ago it was. People forget. They make mistakes. They fill out that form in a rush. It doesn't mean, just because something's inaccurate compared to the inspection, doesn't mean you have someone being Correct. dishonest. It could simply be an oversight. It could be a mistake. They could have confused the date. It, it, a lot of time could have passed between now and then. So don't just all of a sudden jump to the conclusion that the seller's lying about it that because the roof is you know 11 years old instead of nine years old or because 
because, you know, they said there's no electrical issues, but it's clear that there was work done on the panel, you know, like maybe it was done prior to them or maybe they forgot, you know, there's plenty of things I think people forget, you know, they forget stuff and it doesn't mean they're being um, unethical uh, if there's a disclosure issue fixed. But Again, trust but verify as a buyer and as a seller, disclose everything you, you disclose everything you know. Yeah, and that's why as a buyer, we always, no matter if you think it's perfect, we always, always, always recommend a home inspection, even for a new property. Yeah, new construction, Correct. it's big time because a lot of times with new construction, some of those are the worst. Yeah, you know how many times we've we seen people, you know, seen builders, you know, rush houses up and miss things and cut corners and not permit this and not do that, and then you know after the fact. You're, you know, again, will a warranty cover it sometimes, but then imagine all the inconvenience you have to do for them to cut out this wall because you find something after the fact that they messed up. Wouldn't you have rather known that ahead of time, not dealt with all the inconvenience? Yeah. I mean, we've had inspectors do different types of inspections during a new build. We've had them do it at different intervals. You know, one of the inspectors that we worked with, they did an uh, inspection after the slab had been poured. Yeah. There's, and, there, and that that's something that every home inspection company is now doing because new construction is so prevalent. Every home inspection company is offering an opportunity where they do an inspection on new construction in phases. They're going to look, you know, like you said, at slab. They're going to look pre-drywall. They're going to look post-drywall. They're going to look at a punch list. Um, and, and sometimes I always tell people too, on the new construction, you're obviously going to have the builder go back and correct those things. Um, but on a resale, sometimes that inspection report isn't necessarily a list of things the seller is going to do. Sometimes it's a list of things you're going to have to do and view as your punch list, as your action items of things you have to take care of over the next several years of ownership. Because it isn't it isn't always just about um, what the uh, you know what's wrong with the house that the seller would do in a market like today. There are plenty of times where the seller says, "I'm not doing a thing." I've, I had three offers. There's no inventory. Find another house. You're going to make those repairs. Yep. Where the seller will simply say, I'm sorry, but I'm just not going to do that. And and the downside of that for um, a lot of customers is they don't understand that. They think that inspection report is meant to go to the seller and have the seller fix all these things. That is not what's in your contract, mm-hmm. typically. Okay, Typically. However, we have learned very few people actually read those things. They don't read through the contract. They don't understand it. And and sometimes even the agent doesn't explain it or understand it. So the point is, know what you're signing, know what the process is like. And if there are inspection items, revert back to your contract. Do you have an as-is contract, meaning the seller doesn't have to do anything? Or do you have a, a contract that says the seller has to make those repairs? And what is your right to cancel if you're not happy with what the inspection happens? And usually what ends up happening with the inspection process is a lot of stuff in the gray area. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of like, okay, well, we don't want to cancel, but we want these things fixed. And then the agents have discussions to try and keep things together. So uh, nonetheless, sellers disclose everything. Buyers verify everything. Get a home inspection. Um, make sure you know everything that's going on with the house that you possibly can know what you're buying um, and read your contract. So we're going to continue this conversation after a quick break. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us at the Duncan duo, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook. I am at the Andrew Duncan on Instagram. You can follow me as well. And we're going to continue this conversation after a quick break on WFLA news. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market here on WFLA News. I'm Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo team at LPT Realty, joined by Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo team at LPT Realty. 
And look, we know the real estate market for sure has some challenges right now. In residential real estate, we've got you know high interest rates, um, but there's also a massive upside that people aren't talking about. So I want to talk about some pros and cons. Okay, Let's first deal with the cons of the current real estate market. The first one is higher interest rates. Um, the second one is still low inventory, but, but but improving. We're seeing more homes start to come on the market. I think we saw in September for the market an increase in new listings. Okay, So sellers are starting to move the needle a little bit. Not a ton, but a little bit. So let's talk about some of the pros. Things you can get today that you can't get when interest rates are super low. Uh, seller paid closing costs. Mm-hmm. That is happening. Okay, That is reducing your out-of-pocket expense to cover what you know again you're going to have higher payments with higher rates but uh, a year ago and two years ago when interest rates were three percent you you weren't getting seller paid closing costs yeah you were having to have a lot more money up front right. in order to get in that house um seller paid rate buy down uh something again that that we know on our team we're going to start looking into where our agents will advertise instead of doing a huge price reduction hey look do a two one buy down you know, advertise that in the listing description. Do a two-one buy down and say, "Hey, we'll buy your rate down to X percent if you buy it at our asking price." There are ways to make that valuable. And again, as a buyer, two and three years ago, you weren't going to get that. Um, seller paid repairs and seller paid improvements. Were you getting seller paid repairs and seller paid improvements two years ago, Robert? No, rarely. <laughs> right? Uh, price negotiation. The price negotiation a year and two ago was basically we have a bidding war and our negotiation is who's going to pay us the highest. Yeah, how high over? How are high you over go? asking price are you going to go? That was the negotiation process. Today, uh, an ability to negotiate, an ability to get off of asking price. Now, again, are we talking like enormous sums? No. Um, however, there are instances where you can get a really good deal. Um, the norm is still 97, 98% of asking price a year ago. Two years ago, 101%. So we're off a few percentage points of list-to-sell price ratio um, You know, for people. Um, so paying less than the asking price and price negotiations are um, possible today. Uh, the other pros, no need to waive home inspection. A year, two years ago, you you had to do that. Sometimes you were, you were buying a house because of the rush that you end up finding out had more issues than you mm-hmm. expected. And yeah, you think, oh, I got a 3% interest rate, but you came out of pocket $20,000 in repairs. You're able to not have to waive that process today, get seller paid repairs, and be confident about the house you're buying. Uh, the other one, inspection negotiation. Inspecting, you know, getting a longer inspection period, getting certain things repaired, um, being able to do additional inspections and asking for an extensions on the inspection to, to be assured that the pool's the way you want it, that the roof is the way you want it, that you understand everything that's going on with that home. More common today than it was a year and two ago. Um, time to think about it, right? Like, again, not always the case. Okay. Not always the Not case. Not always the case because there's still times where, you know, if you, you know, I always joke, I, you know, my saying is always that, um, if you need to sleep on it, you're not going to sleep in it. Yeah. Um, and that is still the case with a lot of real estate, but there are opportunities where homes have been on the market for a little bit, where you have a little bit, a little bit more, a little less pressure, a little bit more time to think about it. Contingency contracts. So someone has to sell their home somewhere else before they buy the existing. Again, not as common as we'd That's like it. still hard. <laughs> still hard, but does it happen? Yes. And a contingency contract for someone that doesn't know means that you have another home that you're selling somewhere else, and the contract of what you're buying is contingent upon that home selling. Yeah. So that, that's pretty much what that is. 
uh, longer contract to close. Um, again, in a hot market, everyone had to rush. You had to close fast. Um, you, had to, you had to make the deal really advantageous to the seller. Today, if you want to do a little bit longer of a close because of the way the timeline works, you can. However, one thing I would caution you on is don't do too long of one where your rate lock expires. Um, one thing I want to talk about with Josh Goodwin, uh, you know, that's not on our show this week. Josh is usually the co-host. He is in Greece right now, and I'm super jealous. Um, but he's in Greece enjoying a vacation. And the the interesting thing is, is you want to make sure that you're working with a local lender if you're buying today, because navigating through the process and the timeline of your rate lock, I'm seeing far too many people underestimate the time that they need or run into inspection issues and then their rate lock expiring and it costing them a lot of money. Making sure you're working with a local lender that can kind of play that game a little bit, I think is a big uh is a is a is a big thing today. That if you're not doing that, if you're dealing with some customer service person up north and you're not dealing with a local lender that can that has a has experience and knows that the process of locking your rate is a little bit of a science involved. So making sure that you're doing that if you do the longer contract to close. So again, those are some pros and cons of buying a home in the current market. Hopefully that's been helpful. When we aren't on air, again, follow us at the Duncan Duo, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, at the Duncan Duo, anytime we aren't on air. And if you're thinking about selling your luxury home, or any home for that matter, uh, hit us at DuncanDuo.com. We'll guarantee your home sold in 14 days. Um, or we will give you an instant cash offer. That is an option available for us, too, if you own an ugly home, a home that needs a lot of work, um, a home that you know you just want to get rid of, that you inherited. Uh, all of those things are reasons why you might want an instant cash offer, and you can do that uh, very quickly. Just a quick capture page at DuncanDuo.com. There's a part where you fill in your address, and it guides you through the process very smoothly. Again, at DuncanDuo.com. And thank you so much for tuning in to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Have an awesome rest of your weekend, Tampa Bay.